they planned on getting married on a beautiful terrace overlooking a river. That's what they wanted to do. But then their plans had to change, however, when the Russian army began to advance aggressively upon their city, Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. So what did they do? Well, instead of, instead of having the wedding they dreamed of, this brave Ukrainian couple decided to get married that same day in the basement of a monastery, even as air raid sirens were blaring outside and Russian bombs were falling from the sky. Hours afterwards, instead of taking their honeymoon, they decided to take up arms and enlist in the defense of their country. Can you even imagine that situation in your life? The young man, his name is Sviatoslav, he said he hopes that one day soon the time will come when they'll be able to gather with family and friends and be able to say to everybody, hooray, the war is ended, we won. But he wants the world to know that for now, what they need to do is to fight, to quote, for the freedom of the world. So they wanted to get married on a beautiful terrace overlooking a river. That's what they wanted to do. But what they needed to do most was to fight for the freedom of the world. That's pretty sobering, isn't it? As we sit here today, comfortable in our free country, so grateful to God, but wow, right? I, I think, though, this might be a way for us today to start to kind of think about Maybe for some of you, from a, from a fresh new perspective, but I think from a truthful perspective, what the season of Lent is actually all about, or what it's supposed to be all about. Uh, our message series we're calling The Jesus I Need, because the big idea is that Jesus isn't necessarily the Savior that we might want, someone to make our lives easy, comfortable, prosperous, even happy here on this earth. But the Jesus that we find and that we see revealed in the Bible is actually so much better. He is the Savior that we desperately need. Because what he recognized is that what we needed most is somebody to come and, and to actually do battle against and win the victory over our most evil ancient foe, the devil. And to do as one of us what we could not do on our own. And, and that is to say to fight for and to win freedom for the world. Eternal freedom and life with God. And so what we're going to see is that although Jesus is not always perhaps the hero that we might dream up with if we were making a Marvel movie about him or something like that, yet he is the Savior that we really, truly need in order to deliver us from how far short, and we just read about that, we fall in because of our sins. And so today we're going to ask the question, what kind of Savior do we need? And the answer we're going to see is someone to withstand temptation. And so our focus as Christians during this, this season of Lent, from start to finish, is going to be on what has Jesus done for us? And, and not like I think so many people wrongly think or assume, a focus on what we do for God, okay? And that's a really important distinction. So our focus is going to be on what has Jesus done 
for us. And we're going to see that today as we begin this series, this Lenten journey, on what we might think of as Jesus' own personal Lent. We're going to read about Jesus. 40 days, that's how long the period of Lent is that we're going to live. 40 days, though, we're going to see Jesus doing battle against the devil in a place called the wilderness. So we're going to read about that today from Matthew chapter 4 in the New Testament. First 11 verses, here it is. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. So, wow, let's talk about the context here. Because when Jesus went into the wilderness, it's almost like the, the water from his baptism was still practically dripping down his forehead. Did, did you realize that? Jesus had just been baptized. This was that special moment when what had been a, a life quietly and obediently lived up to this point was now about to go public in a big way. The public ministry of Jesus as the Messiah, the Savior of the world, had begun. At his baptism, God the Father gave his approval, saying, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. The Holy Spirit likewise confirmed Jesus' identity as the truly, dearly loved Son of God as he came down in the form of a dove and alighted upon Jesus as he was coming up out of the water. This was this breathtakingly wonderful, incredible moment. And then no sooner do we hear that that takes place when the same Spirit of God leads Jesus out into the wilderness into this place where there are no comfortable amenities of life. There are barely any necessities of life, and Jesus finds himself all alone. The light of the world, mano y mano, against the prince of darkness. And wouldn't you know, the very first tactic of the devil is to come up to Jesus and to try and get him to question both his identity and his father's love by saying to him, if you are the Son of God. Friends, have you ever been there in that 
place we might call the wilderness. That place where perhaps for a prolonged season of time in your life, you felt exhausted, weary, deprived, vulnerable, alone. Have you ever been in that place where you were brought to the brink of actually questioning maybe even, am I really a dearly loved child of God? Could that really be true? Could God actually care about me? Have you ever been in that place called the wilderness where perhaps even for a time the temptation, the battle against some sinful desire was so strong that it became almost in your mind perversely logical, and you thought, well, if, if I feel so strongly about this, it must be because God wants me to have this in order to be happy, right? So have you ever been in that place where the temptation was, was so strong, it was like you were in, in the wilderness battling the devil, and, and you felt almost this close to hell? Friends, the battle's real, isn't it? The battle for our minds and for our hearts, for our souls. But that's what makes me so, so very thankful for this story in the Bible about Jesus, who himself was once so weary, so tired, so vulnerable looking, so alone, and as one of us in the wilderness like that human, so thoroughly human. But, but listen, if, if the moral of this story, if the point of this story is just to say, well, look, Jesus did it, so suck it up, stop sinning, overcome temptation, here's the manual, watch Jesus. Ask yourself, what would Jesus do? And then do it. Well, if that's the moral of the story, well, that would be devastating, wouldn't it? Because you know, it's not so easy just to stop sinning by drawing upon the reserves of your own willpower, is it? You really think that just by asking yourself the question, well, what would Jesus do? That, that you're going to be able to overcome all the devil's lies and temptations? I mean, okay, so probably you could, like, give up something for Lent. All right? Like, I don't know if people are asking you, what are you giving up for Lent? I'm giving up sweets. I'm giving up social media. Okay, well, fine. Is it really even that easy to give up social media? For 40 days without fighting the temptation to reach into your pocket and to pull out that shiny-looking device and to follow the algorithm wherever it takes you? Do you ever do that? Sneak a peek? Oh, wait, no, I told... And we're just talking about outward things. What about selfishness and greed? What about the desires of lust and envy, and everything else. Is it so easy just to say to yourself, okay, Ben, it's Lent. Let's do this. Let's, let's stop it. It's not, it's not so easy. You might for a time be able by drawing on your willpower, your resolve, your strength, give up a few things for a time, maybe a couple days, a season, perhaps 40, okay. But eventually... Eventually, I think you'll get tired, won't you? You'll wear down. The devil will prod and poke, and he will find you when you're vulnerable and go after you when you're weak, and eventually you will stumble. You will fall. You will sin. 
Well, and even then, maybe what you'll do is you'll think to yourself, well, okay, I can, I can succeed where Adam and Eve failed, and I'm going to try to hide it from God. But deep down, you know you can't hide anything from God. It's all just fig leaves, what we do to cover ourselves from the holy God who knows it all and sees it all. And so you may feel like a failure. You may feel like a, a complete fraud. How are you ever going to get up out of bed again? But then we see what a contrast in Jesus, who throughout his entire life, and here especially in the wilderness, against the very best attempts of the devil to sabotage his messianic mission as the Son of God from the beginning as our substitute. Because what what do we see here in Jesus. What do we find in Jesus? Now, you know, we might like to open up the Bible here, Matthew chapter 4, and read about how, like, Jesus, like, he showed up like the Incredible Hulk, and he ripped the devil to shreds, and he beat him and smacked him down, and that was it. Game over. Bam. But that's not what we see, because that's not what we truly needed. We'd still be stuck in our sins, all the guilt and all the shame of it all. Yeah, he beat the devil. Well, we're still in trouble. But instead, we see Jesus as one of us, withstanding temptation, even when he was most vulnerable. Again, we see the text, it opens up, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Wow, I'll bet. Right? Okay, and so it was at this time, at the end of these 40 days, the devil waits till you're vulnerable, right? He comes and he launches his very best, most carefully aimed attacks at what has just happened to Jesus. He has been baptized. He's been affirmed as the Father. It is game on, the public ministry. It's, it's here. Jesus is proclaimed as the Savior of the world. And, and Satan comes to him and he says, do you, do you really think the Father loves you? Are you, are you really his beloved son? Where is his care for you as he leads you out and leaves you here in this God-forsaken place to starve? You know what you should do, Jesus? Why don't you take matters into your own hands for once here and command these stones to become bread? You can do that. And yet what does Jesus do? He resists. He withstands the devil's fiercest temptation. And basically he tells him, Satan... You're lying. You're lying, buddy. He says, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Okay, so Satan counters with another temptation, and then another temptation, because that's what he's going to do. He's just going to keep trying. He's going to work the angles. He's going to find where you're weak. You think you won the battle? He's going to come back for more. And so he comes to Jesus finally with his last, I think, most fiercest attempt, and he says basically to him, okay, so I'm hearing you say, Jesus, it's all about your Father's Word, huh? You're going to live by that Word of your Father? Okay, well, fine. Are you willing to die for it too? Because you know what that Word of the Father is pointing you towards. He's pointing you towards suffering and a cross and unimaginable agony. And for whom? For a world full of people who are mostly going to ignore you. They're not going to care. They're not going to give a rip. Let's see what happens to your disciples when the heat gets turned up on them. You really think the Father loves you, that he would send you to a cross? 
Oh, Jesus. Do you see? All the power, all the authority, all the splendor of this world, all its glory. I'll give it to you. I mean, you know this is what every leader really wants deep down, don't you? What they'll scheme for, what they'll fight for, what they'll go to war for, invade a country for, right? And you know what, Jesus? I'll ask no painful cross for it. All you need to do is bow down your weary, tired bones for just a moment and worship me. And all this can be yours. All of it. How would you do in that moment? If you've ever been a leader, you know the temptation is real, don't you? And yet Jesus, in that place where so many people have failed before, and we see it on display in our world right now, Jesus withstood the devil's temptations. And what does he say basically to the devil once more? He says, Satan, you're lying. And he quotes from the the scriptures. Away from me, Satan, he says, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then we hear the devil left him and angels came and attended him because at this time Jesus had defeated him. He took the devil's worst shot in his most vulnerable moment and he overcame. He withstood temptation. He held his ground. Now, friends, don't you wish you could do that too? Don't you wish that you could say, that you've always rested in the Father's word just like Jesus, so that when faced with the, when the, devil's, with the devil's temptations, you, you held your ground. Don't you, don't you wish that you had a perfect record of obedience to say, every time the devil came and tried to attack me, I stood my ground, I overcame. I've got this perfect record here. It is. Wouldn't you love to have that? Well, friends, what I want to tell you is you do. Now, I know you're probably asking, well, how can that be, Pastor Ben? But listen, Jesus did not do battle against Satan. He did not go against his temptations and withstand them just for himself. But rather, Jesus, the eternal Son of God, This is what we heard about in Romans 5. He clothed himself in our human flesh and blood as the second Adam, one of us, human, to win where Adam and Eve in the Old Testament, where they failed, where they lost. And so after 33 years in our flesh and blood, human skin, Jesus, our brother, withstanding the devil's blistering attacks, he, the the second Adam, human like us, he won the victory. He withstood temptation so that everything that he would accomplish in going to the cross could be made securely yours and mine. You see, this, this season of Lent is one where we journey with Jesus once again and we, we watch him go to the cross, right? But what's important is that at the beginning here, as we begin this journey, to know that what Jesus is going to accomplish on the cross is actually going to be effective. It's going to count. How do we know that? Well, there's two sides to the coin, so to speak, of what Jesus, our Savior, has done for us. 
Most people think about the one, the fact that on the cross, Jesus endured the, the punishment or the, the penalty for the sins of all humanity. He did that. He took that. He endured that. Extremely important. We might call that his passive obedience. He willingly allowed this to happen to him out of love for all of us so it wouldn't have to come crashing upon us. Wow. But that's just one half. What makes that effective for us is what we might call the other side of this coin, Jesus' active obedience. His active obedience, in other words, is the fact that we can, we can celebrate what Jesus did on the cross because throughout his entire life, Jesus never sinned. You understand how important that is? He withstood the devil's temptations. He always obeyed. He always loved his neighbor as himself. He always trusted in his heavenly father. He never doubted his father's goodness like Adam and Eve. He never gave in even for a moment to the devil's schemes to try and get Jesus to kind of like think selfishly about himself for a change. He never once was at the point where he gave in to the devil's temptation to just take an easier road, like take a detour around all that suffering in the cross and take some glory. He never gave in. He never even lusted after the earthly power and glory that was laid before him like a Vladimir Putin or any other man like that in history. But as our substitute, Jesus, he, he overcame every single one of the tempter's tactics, even when he walked alone in the wilderness of this world so that he could finally then there on the cross be left alone to die, the perfect, unblemished sacrifice, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world to win our freedom eternally with God, the forgiveness that we need where we have failed, and we will fail, we will fail. Jesus, he prevailed. He withstood the devil's temptations. He won the victory, and he did that as our substitute. And so that's that's why I love the season of Lent. Not the season of Lent as so many people understand it, but the way it's supposed to be understood. Lent, which is there to tell us not about what we're supposed to do for God, but Lent, which tells us what God, our Savior Jesus, has done for us. Lent is about the forgiveness that we all now have, thanks to Jesus, who, as the eternal Son of God, became clothed in our human flesh and blood to undo what Adam, the first Adam, did, right? And so now as a result of what Jesus has done, that, well, for us, even though death was this, like, king that ruled over all humanity, now we have a new king who's on the throne, a risen Savior who, who promises us life, who gives us grace, who forgives our sins. So now, even, even in death, we, as believers, we have heaven as our home. Even in death, whether tragically or suddenly or at the end of our good long run in life, whether death for a Christian, it's not all lost. A Christian never loses their battle against cancer or COVID or anything else because in Christ we win. Though as children of Adam, yes, we will all die. But as children of God, through Jesus, we will live forever. 
And so if you want to give up something for Lent, well, go ahead, but let me suggest that what you give up is your guilt. Give up your shame. Give up your doubt, your fear, your resentment, your anger. And with God's forgiveness, what you will find is more and more you will have the strength to do battle against and win more and more of those battles against the devil, even when you are in the wilderness, because now you know you're not alone. Your Savior is at your side, and he brings you into a family, a community of people that are there with whom you can be honest and straight and share encouragement. And so the next time that Satan whispers to you or to a friend that you see going through a tough time and Satan's just hammering away and he's whispering in your ear, do, do you really think God cares about you, poor, miserable you? Do you really think God could still love you after what you've done, tried to cover up, and done yet again? Could he really? Well, just remember, friend, you've been clothed with the righteousness of the one who withstood every temptation. And so now through your baptism, right, everything that, that God the Father said about his son, he now also says about you. You're pleasing to him now. In truth, you couldn't be more perfect in his sight because you've been covered with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You are his dearly loved son or daughter. Is there anything that we need more than that? Amen. The peace of God that surpasses all human understanding guard our hearts and our minds <clears throat> through faith in Christ Jesus until we experience with him the laying down of all our weapons to enjoy the permanent perfect peace of life with him in his presence. Amen.